Hi, my name is Kara Shea Johnson, and welcome to the Heartwork You podcast. Here we bring together current artists to talk about the performing arts industry, because at Heartwork, we provide creative education for real life. Hello, and welcome to the Heartwork You podcast. Today's guests are Abeba Isaac and Zoe Arts. Together, they founded Talking She, which provides a not-sorry space for women to share their work. By providing a platform outside of social media, they hope to create a more positive, focused environment that celebrates the accomplishments of women while inspiring others to share their own unique stories and perspectives. In this episode, we discuss our hopes for the future of media, the arts, and how we feel committed to creating a space for change. And be sure to check out the show notes to grab Heartwork's creative permission slip. Too often when we create, we are doing it for the sake of others' wants, needs, or goals. In this guide, we will work to create our own creative opportunities so that we grant ourselves permission to be abstract while simultaneously holding ourselves to a habitual practice of expression. And now, let's get on with the show. Yeah, I was borrowing a phrase from somebody that we actually interviewed um, who created an organization to help promote volunteers. Um, like do phone banks and stuff for different candidates who needed it. I think that it's hard to feel like, like any effort that you put forth in a time where nothing is happening kind of feels like a drop in the bucket because so much has to be done, but everything's on pause. Yep. But I think that, you know, what Zoe's passionate about, what I'm passionate about, what you're passionate about is like doing what we can to move the needle. And if it affects like, 10 people or 100 people it that or two people it matters and it we've done what we set out to do and that is you know fulfilling and important you know just making sure that also in terms of pivoting like it we kind of get to explore things that we didn't necessarily have the time to in musical theater school you know I musical theater school is a very specific place with a very specific energy no matter where you go and I think that's something that Zoe and I bonded on and something that we bonded on when we lived together Kara is that we have interest outside of musical theater which you know for Zoe and I still wanting to be performers like that's super important because then you first of all are a well-rounded person so it just helps you in general but then also you go into an audition and you you know, are not the 16 bars that you're singing or the dress that you're wearing. Like you come in a fully, like a full fledged, fleshed out human being. Yep. And I think that that sort of offers you the opportunity to be a little bit more successful when you have I, that with you. Yeah, and I think you guys can probably both relate to this too. I have been told so many times throughout doing musical theater, even since I was doing college auditions and then past that, everyone tells you, um, if there's anything else you want to do, do it because musical theater is so hard. And I think I've kind of like written that into myself and how I go. And like, it's really, that's been a hard thing to shake for a really long time. Like I really have not, um, gone out of my way to dedicate time to my other passions, like writing and literature. I, I mean, I, I was able in college to spend some time in class doing that in a way that felt like it was a qualified thing that I was being productive at but after college it was like I didn't really want to spend a lot of time doing that because I was like oh my gosh if I am spending time and hours awake doing that 
I'm yeah. taking away from my training as me because that's kind of they just it becomes so competitive and they it, everyone makes it be a thing that like you have to spend every waking hour of your existence focusing on this and that's in musical theater that's probably in other artistic industries as well that's just I only know about that and so I think with the pandemic was the first time I literally was couldn't do theater so I felt like I finally was like okay we can do yeah. something I just wrote an email um, yesterday to my subscribers and was like that you are taught that if you're not insert artistic task, you know, going to an audition, working your lines, somebody else is. But Mm -hmm. right now, no one is. (laughs) So it's like you have this, for the first time, you have no excuse but to just be, you know what I mean, and be in what you want because there's not this, you know, something else that's driving you and, and this competitive growth thing yeah I think the lack of productivity has been so at least for me unbelievably uncomfortable um in the best way yeah because I think that you know all three of us thrive on on moving to the next thing or being involved or trying to you know put that emphasis on being a well-rounded person while also Mm -hmm. like doing our passions um and with this like indefinite pause on the world you're you're kind of left to sit there and you know think about like you're you're forced to sit with your thoughts and you're forced to sit with sort of you know who you are and if that's who you want to continue to be and you've been granted unfortunately but like you've been granted this extended time to to work on that and I think that that's been something that's influenced me a ton being on this break I think that you know I I wrote a piece for talking she and like I haven't been I haven't even thought about doing my own personal writing for outside of like a classroom or educational setting for years you know what I mean can I say like and I think like kind of I mean I know this was one of your like questions Kara so yeah you'd rather but and that's part of what inspired us to do this because I am someone that like obviously I love writing but I think it's not taught very well in our Mm -hmm. school in terms of we are all made to feel as though it's such a it's more of a punishment when I think that can writing especially for women can with all of the extra little things we go through can be such a freeing and just useful creative experience and I I think also with the creation of the website it kind of gives people a reason to write and you know what I mean like it's it's gave I mean Aveva probably would, would have written that piece either way but like she was like had a place to share that and really in the world of writing and one thing that I don't love about the whole world of literature and this and that is that it can be very like hoity-toity if you don't have your MFA like don't even send us your submission and um, I had yet to find a space online that I felt like was really open to all voices especially female voices in a really accessible way Um, and so that was kind of the gap that I saw and I hoped especially presenting it to our community of course when we're first getting it off the ground right now it's going to be um, our friends and people in our circles and I, I think it's a really great way to give people a reason to write. Like, I think Lindsay kind of had the same thing where 
I, she messaged me something about it and I was like, oh my gosh, I would love for you to write something. And then she wrote something and had a great experience doing it. So, and there's a lot of the women that have posted on our site have done that same thing. And so I like opening that uh, possibility because I'm also just a big believer that being creative is so good for your mental health. And right now we've lost a lot of our outlets to do that. Yep. So, um, I think it was just a way of creating another outlet that can be accessible to everyone right now Mm -hmm. and inspire people hopefully to be creative if they maybe didn't have a reason to before, at least in writing and art. It's funny you say that because we, about the writing thing, because I've always kind of thought that, that like we get this kind of two kinds of writing you get in school kind of essays or you get dear diary which is like shameful and it's supposed to be kept secret and like isn't uh-huh. something you should share with anybody but it's like where, where's the in-between you know what I mean like we don't we don't really get time um yeah. or we don't really get told that what you're writing your dear diary stuff doesn't have to be a secret you know like <laughs> you your thoughts and your your opinions in there are just as valid as someone with an MFA um mm-hmm. because they're yours Thanks for listening to the Heartwork You podcast. We'll get back to the show shortly, but before then, we want to make sure you know about the Heartwork You packs. These resources include podcast-style interviews like the one you're listening to, and free worksheets and guides that walk you through the step-by-step process of advancing your expertise in topics such as financial literacy, networking, and creative development. To learn more about the Heartwork You packs, visit the show notes at our website at karajohnson.com forward slash heartwork. We were on the second question, kind of. Um, Abeba, do you want to talk about kind of like what inspires you about this project or, or moving towards it? Yeah, but I think that finding finding weight and worth in my voice yeah. was something that was so just impactful to me, something that I'll never, that has changed me like to the core forever. And I think that that's what made this project so important to me and why I was so happy that Zoe reached out about it because, you know, I, any chance, like if there is any small, tiny chance that this website and the women who share their stories on it can empower somebody else to feel weight and worth in their voice, then all of the effort was, was worth it. And that's something that I, you know, I really want other people to feel. Like, I know mm-hmm. what it's like to feel, you know, silenced. But now I also know what it's like to feel amplified. And, if you know, I want the people who are feeling the former to feel the latter. Yeah. And that's why I really love this project and what drew me to it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, we kind of already touched on this, but maybe we can go into a little bit more. The question was, you know, how has COVID-19 created an opportunity uh, for you to pivot and grow artistically? Uh, we've talked kind of about talking to you, but you're welcome to talk about any other ways that you've kind of grown or changed artistically as well. Well, I, I did want to mention, like, in what I'd kind of been writing about on when I, you know, I'm like, I'm not just going to read it because that's going to make me sound like <laughs> You're but so I, fine. I think it's also, like, I I just wanted to put out there that, like, I left the city like March 17th and it was like the day after like I had you know been 
busting my ass at all these 5am auditions to get like a summer stock job and it had been canceled. And I went back to Texas, I thought for a week and I was just feeling and then it you know, that obviously just kept extending because things were getting worse. And during all that time, I was seeing people being like, finally time to learn how to play the fucking harpsichord or whatever. <laughs> and, and write my five act play. And I remember just like, yeah. seeing on my phone and being like, are you like, cause I couldn't do anything. Like I felt like I was so numb and so depressed. And I had like, I, I had to go through that and like, kind of just, yeah. I guess, grieve for a while to yeah, absolutely get to the point where I could do anything productive. And for a while there, it was totally making me feel super like less than to see all these people just jumping on their projects immediately. Um, I think, you know, it takes everybody's on their own timeline and whatnot. And I think we have to allow ourselves a bit of time to heal maybe before we, or just grant ourselves that grace of like letting that comfort, because even though I felt like really not great about it, that I was like kind of just sitting around numb, like I couldn't do anything else for a while. And then I finally got back to New York and I kind of felt like I was more, in my zone and I um I think the big thing too for me was having a baby because I literally had these ideas and I was like this is so stupid and everyone's gonna hate it so I was like baby just tell me that I'm stupid and everyone's gonna hate it and shockingly that was not her response you know so it was it was between kind of letting myself feel things for a minute and then finding like a really great partner in crime or just I think anyone needs some kind of companion and like a big undertaking or something that's exciting for them and um that was how um I guess COVID kind of influenced that I just don't want it to come across like I was like COVID better jump on this project because that's I think that what sorry you go that's okay I was just so many people were like that they were like what was the like constant example like Shakespeare wrote Hamlet in during the flu plague or whatever plague and I was like I but why are we gonna let's not that's yeah. pressure I, watching Ozark so right. <laughs> I think there's a big difference between March and now I don't think that I certainly was not in a place mentally to to create really anything in public in in March and and was still figuring out I and we were I up until the April I was like oh it's in May in you know, April. No. <laughs> um, so like it, it's an acceptance period. And I think that what is tricky is that for some people there was that process of grieving. And, and I agree that like, it was like, how do I even move in this new territory of life? And for other people, it was this unbelievable break from life that they needed that they had never taken before. And so we saw so many people like jumping on all these things they were doing because it was like, oh my God, I have a break from life, you know, like that, that people hadn't gotten and they actually felt excited to be home with their families and, you know, where have the opportunity and time and space, but they're right. And you're right. It was both right for you. And that's what is so important as we process something that nobody's ever processed before. Truly. Truly. (laughs) Um, so since finding and founding um, this new project, what are your future goals for yourself or for the project? Beba? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it, it, for 
talking she i i and i feel like zoe probably feels the same we just want to continue to get our voice out there and help other women find their voice do more interviews that are impactful you know that explore different sides of of being a woman in this day and age and in this political climate and things like that i think we definitely want to expand you know and further develop like our mindfulness section or like a section on mental health or and and also kind of like what you were saying partake and do these instagram live possibly interviews possibly guided meditation classes possibly like step by step on how to register to vote or something like that like i would agree and i would say too i think like a long-term goal right now we're very much trying to make sure every it's a safe space and it's accessible and ease into things. But I think my long-term goal is really to kind of get into some messier conversations, into some uncharted territory, just because, I don't know, I think a lot of the feminism that we have seen in our lifetimes has been not very intersectional, very pretty packaged, like girl boss, whatever it is. And I think that that's all great until like, becomes an unapproachable thing to talk about really messy things. And I think even going to school, especially for musical theater, and I think college in general, like mm -hmm. I think a massive underlying issue is obviously like relationships with food and exercise. And that is something that I've seen affect everyone and something that like no one talks about in a way that's not comfortable. Like we'll all be like, oh yeah, like that's not right. But um, and I kind of just want to create an accessible space where people, cause right now, like everyone is being great and vulnerable and amazing. And like, I'm not undermining that at all, but I want to just get more and more into stuff that we like to avoid because it's uncomfortable. And that's on me too, you know, like the stuff that I'm putting out there. But, um, I think it's important to build a safe, yeah. super safe, super accepting space first before we get into that. No, I was just going to put a cap on it and agree and say that like becoming comfortable with discomfort I think is something that's been a huge focus during this quarantine especially with the the public resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement like I'm, I'm not going to say that it came back because it never ended but it's yeah. like now in the public eye once more especially yeah. today with this poor man from Kenosha Wisconsin who was yeah. shot seven times in the back with his three children in the car it you know he's alive but barely and the, that's still there's the accountability that no one is taking there are like roots of issues that people are avoiding by putting band-aids on things and it's becoming comfortable with being with having uncomfortable conversations is something that you know is necessary for our country as the whole but you know mm -hmm. definitely a territory that i think talking she wants to dive into um when the time is right and we feel like we've established like enough of a rapport with mm -hmm. our people. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Um, what advice would you give your 18 year old self? Do you want to go, Veva? <laughs> I can, cause I have it pulled up. It's actually. Oh, yes, yeah, perfect. You go then. I'm sure I'll be I get something every, uh, I think it's every month called the muse letter. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Um, Josh Radner writes it. He, he was Ted on How I Met Your Mother. I love him. And I, this, this week's, I literally got it at midnight today. It's called Grace of the Beginner. Um, 
And something that I was told when I was in school by like, a, I think I took physics to my senior year and my teacher, the thing he would say all the time is fail boldly. Mm. I think is so important. And so this newsletter, newsletter kind of aligned with that. And there's a quote that I loved that says, the stories that move us the most are not those of uninterrupted triumph, but rather tales of struggle, setback, resilience, and redemption. I think this is because we know ourselves at a core level to be flawed beings. Thus, we intuitively trust stories with cracks and dents, with characters who are worn, frayed, and lived in. You know? Yeah. And he also talks about, like, the sweet messiness and holy opportunity of imperfection, mm. which I think is, I just, I loved reading that today. And it really wow. just felt like, I was like, and yep, that's, that's how you perfectly sum up how I feel and what I should tell my 18-year-old self. Yeah, awesome. Especially going into a musical theater program and like not having a lot of life experience in the whole college, whatever pressure. Um, yeah, just fail boldly because you'll come out the other side being a much better person for it and a much more comfortable person, you know, once you learn that failing is a part of the process. Yeah. 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 I, I would probably say, I don't know if this would resonate with my 18-year-old self, but to, you're allowed to take up space. I think my whole life has been very much making myself small in my physical body, in my voice, in my, and I've also always been in theater super self-conscious of my height too so I like literally have a hunch that I have to go to the chiropractor for now <laughs> but uh just taking up space and not I've always tried really hard to make myself exactly what people want me to be and it really hasn't served me at all and I think by the end of college when there was and Abeba and I have talked about this a lot too like you know all through college all through high school everything you're given all these goals and you can achieve them and it's very clean and very nice and once you leave college and you realize the only person you have to really impress is yourself now, you know, like I kind of have been doing a lot of work on trying to take up more space and set boundaries for myself because when we are making ourselves small, we're letting people say what they want to us. We're letting people treat us the way they want to treat us and not having a lot of say in it. So um, that would be, my main advice. And I also, to go off what Abebo was saying, it kind of makes me think of, I'm not going to quote it correctly, but I wrote about, um, in, I wrote one of my pieces on the site is called Unqualified that I wrote all about how I feel like major imposter syndrome doing like a creative project like this. And, um, there's that Teddy Roosevelt quote that's all about like, um, essentially the essence of it is that like no one that's not in the arena fighting quote unquote, can tell that person in there doing the work that they are not good enough. You know, like I, I think I would want to remind myself to steer clear of any kind of critics that haven't done the work themselves or put themselves out there because those are always the people that are going to have the most negative things to say. Don't take um, advice from people in the cheap seats. Yeah. That's a good one. I haven't heard that. I yeah, like I love it. That one. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Exactly. That's awesome. Um, is there anything else you want to share kind of about um, talking? She, I would love if you would just in this um, say where we can find you. Abeba, the organized one. 
Totally. Um, if you want to check out Talking She or get involved as a contributor, um, we are live. Our website is live. Been live for a week, which is great. Uh, it's talkingshe.com. www.talkingshe.com. You can find us at Instagram at Let's Talk She. And if you have any inquiries, questions, you want to be involved, you can email us at letstalkshe at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Heartwork, visit us at karajohnson.com forward slash Heartwork or follow us on social media at Heartwork by KSJ.